Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zen Dependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I hope you enjoy this episode. If you're interested in more combat sports, news, analysis, and predictions like this, stay tuned because it's only going to get bigger and better from here. And before this podcast ends, I'm going to put up my accuracy for my predictions probably for the past I haven't really I haven't really been keeping track but I just know that I've been pretty accurately just predicting the fights the pay-per-views and the fight nights so I'm going to either start on this episode or after this I'm going to just record and keep track and then basically have a a win-loss column or a win-loss record for my me accurately and inaccurately predicting these podcasts are these fights. So obviously we have a really excited pay-per-view, UFC 261, headlined by Jorge Masvidal and Kamar Usman 2. It's the rematch. A lot of people don't think Jorge deserved, but I'm going to get into that. Obviously, I'm going to break it down in the end. We have two other title fights, two absolute bangers between four great female martial artists. I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to this week. And yeah, let's just start off with the first fight on the main card. So we have Anthony Smith, former lightweight challenger, going up against Jimmy Crute, who is a, a very, he's an up-and-comer. He's a young guy. He's only 25 years old. Fights out of Australia. His nickname is The Brute because he's a killer. The guy's been in the UFC for only five years now, and he's just racking win after win, fin after fi- finish after finish. The guy has, he's 12-1, and one, and nine of his wins are by finish. So this guy usually does not fight to decisions. He actually hasn't he hasn't fought a full fight. The longest fight at uh as long as he's been in the UFC. Longest fight he's had was against Paul Craig. It was back in 2018 and he ended up submitting Paul Craig in the third round. So yeah, there's there's not a lot there's not a lot of uh chance, you know, for for you to survive if you're if you're getting pieced up by this guy early on, you know. Plus like like I said he 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 got a submission win in the third round. It looks like it was at the end of the fight. So the guy's he's he's going to be sticking around, but he is fighting Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith is not a pushover guy. I mean, he's been on the you know, he's been getting beaten up lately, but he did get a win his last time out. So this is an interesting fight for me. This is a real test for Jimmy Crute, but also Jimmy Crute has fought, he's fought a couple decent guys. He fought Modestus Bokaskas, who's not a pushover. Paul Craig is a solid guy. So it's going to be interesting to see if Anthony Smith, you know, just how much he has left in the gas tank. I know he's he's not that old. He's only 32 years old, but he's been fighting for so long. This will be his 51st professional fight. Like I said, he got a submission win over Devin Clark over uh, in his last fight, which was, you know, he needed that because he just got the crap beat out of him by Alexander Rakic. He got the crap beat out of him by Glover Teixeira. That was a really, really tough one to watch. And then for that, submitted Gus. So it's not like he's on the verge of getting cut by the UFC, but definitely the dude has looked a bit, you know, a bit hesitant, deer in the headlights kind of. He has that look in his eyes the same way Robbie Lawler has lately, the way Tyron Woodley has, with the exception of his last fight when he just came out way too antsy. But I mean, I don't blame him, but that's a topic for another discussion. 
So Anthony Smith, you know, he's got some serious submission skills. I want to say he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. So, you know, he can be dangerous on the ground when it comes to submissions. But we saw him get completely dominated, you know, by a by a legend and a really good guy, really good fighter, Glover Teixeira. But, you know, that was really rough to watch. He got, he kept, he just kept, he was getting his teeth knocked out and... It was a crazy, tough fight to watch, but I mean, Anthony Smith is here to stay. He's here to compete, and let me see real quick what he's ranked as in the light heavyweight division. So while I'm looking, yeah, so he's he's ranked number six, so I mean, he's up there. He, if he can string together, if he can beat a really impressive, tough up-and-comer in Jimmy Crute, you know, that could put him, like, potentially one one fight away from getting his second title shot. I mean, I don't see why not. The light heavyweight division is, you know, it's, you know, it's hurting for, for, for competition for solid guys. And, you know, Jimmy Crute coming up is definitely, definitely helping there. And this is a tough one for me because I, like I said, Anthony Smith is so durable. He's so tough. And no matter what, he prefers to go out on his shield, but just, just from the speed difference and the explosiveness difference and gap that there is here, I just can't confidently pick Anthony Smith to win. I really can't. I think, you know, Jimmy Crute's only loss is by submission. He got he got stuck in a Peruvian necktie, necktie, and I don't even think that was in the UFC. I think that was in wherever he was fighting before he got into the UFC. Let me check real quick. I don't want to be wrong. Yeah, no, he he got oh he got submitted. Only two fights ago, three fights ago, by Misha Serkinov. So I mean, you know, Misha Serkinov is a is a killer. Misha Serkinov is a a real tough fighter, and he's got some serious serious ground games. So I mean, that's not something to be ashamed of. But anyway, what I'm trying to get at is the only real threat that I can see here is Anthony Smith's submission game. If he is to somehow get on top, but I just I just don't see that happening. I think I see Jimmy Crew beating possibly knocking Anthony Smith down once or twice and then just dominating on him on the ground and getting getting a knockout by ground and pound. That's my that's going to be my official prediction. Jimmy Crew by knockout and it'll be in the second round. So moving on to the next fight, we have another fun, really exciting one, one that could potentially you know, it could potentially pull the next, the next uh, contender or threat to Israel Adesanya if if there even is one. To be honest, I'm not really sure if there is one in the, you know, in the middleweight division. I talked about that a little bit in the last podcast when I was talking about Gastelum and Whitaker's fight. The only real threat that I could see, honestly, is Marvin Vittori and then possibly Robert Whitaker. But besides. Those two, I don't see anybody threatening Israel Adesanya, but obviously, like I always say, it's a topic for another discussion. So we have a middleweight fight, but this is the last non-title fight on the card. I don't want to jinx it, but as long as everything holds together. I'm, as far as I know, everybody made weight. Jorge even, I mean, uh, Kamaru even came in at 169. Before I get into this, how does, look at a picture of him at any moment, when whether he's training or he's in the fight, or it's the end of the fight, beginning of the fight, how does that dude make 169? He has to have no body fat, because the guy is shredded. 
he could easily make middleweight and do some damage there. But, you know, he's not there. And he made 169. Are you kidding me? It's That guy's a machine. He really is. And we could potentially see him... No, I'll talk about it later. Not obviously the last prediction I'm going to make. Anyway, Uriah Hall, Chris Weidman. Apparently these guys have fought before. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that I knew that before because they fought before they came into the UFC. Chris, Mike, Chris Weidman, I think he won by knockout. Let me check that out real quick. But Chris Weidman, you know, former middleweight champion, an underrated champion at that. I mean, people, recency bias is a is a real bitch because this guy, Chris Weidman, is, was one of the best middleweight champions. One of the, you know, he had a very underrated reign as middleweight champion and I mean he's getting he's getting towards the end of his career obviously I think he's he's 36 years old I mean he, he still has some left in the gas tank I know Wonderboy Stephen Wonderboy Thompson trains with him he said he's so excited he's as pumped and motivated as ever so we'll see I'm really excited to see what he has left in the gas tank and I mean he came out or he returned to middleweight after a failed after a failed uh, campaign at light heavyweight, you know, he obviously got knocked out really quick by Dominic Reyes, and he won. He beat Omari Akhmedov. That was, you know, he, he, he brought the fight into his realm, and he did what he needed to do to win, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I would much rather get a sloppy or a quote-unquote less impressive win than to go out there and lose. That's... That's me personally. I know a lot of people will say, no matter what, I'm gonna, it's a dog fight. Not me. <laughs> I'm not a fighter, but if I was, I, you know, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't want it, wouldn't want it to always be a dog fight. You know, we love those types of people. You know, Diego Sanchez, Jorge Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal is not. That's not really a good example, but I, I'm pretty sure you guys are catching on what I'm saying. So yeah, Chris Weidman and. Chris Weidman and Uriah Hall, they fought way back in 2010. It was Chris Weidman's middleweight debut, and it was in Ring of Combat. So he actually won by TKO in the first round against Uriah Hall. But, you know, this is a totally different Uriah Hall. It's a totally different Chris Weidman. It's, it's going to be a different fight for sure. Obviously, Chris Weidman, I just said, got that decision win. We know him for being a... A great wrestler, really, really solid wrestler, and he, you know he he's got really good technique and really good fundamentals when it comes to striking. Like something that I noticed with the Anderson Silva knockout, it it wasn't even like a powerful shot. It was just right on the button. It was very technical, and you know he telegraphed it. And he he did it. He did it perfectly, and you know so what what else is there to say? The guy has. The guy has some serious technique and fundamentals when it comes to striking. But Uriah Hall in his last fight out, he fought and knocked out Anderson Silva in his last fight in the UFC. That was a tough one to watch. A lot of people were saying stuff like, oh, Anderson Silva looked good. But I just think, you know, I don't think he looked great. I don't think he looked horrible. But I mean, the guy's been on a losing tear. But he's a legend. And like I said, recency bias is a bitch. A lot of people will talk say that he's overrated, but those people don't know what they're talking about. Anderson Silva is one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time. It's it's plain and simple, but Uriah Hall came out, and, you know, he completely dominated that fight. There were some back-and-forth moments, but I, I do think Uriah Hall, Uriah Hall was pu 
pulling his punches, kind of like Israel Adesanya. And, you know, he just respects Anderson Silva. Every every up-and-coming fighter that watched Anderson Silva fight, if they were lucky enough to be in the middleweight division, you know, that was their hero. That was their idol. They dreamed of matching up with this guy. And it's hard to to fight someone that you, you know, someone you've been watching for so long and they've been on your radar. You try to copy them even. You try to stand them. And then you get the chance to fight them and they're just not the same person. And it's really hard. And, you know, you could see how emotional Uriah Hall was at the end after that fight ended and yeah Uriah Hall really showed he can hang with the best even if they're you know a little over the hill so this is this is a really exciting one because you know not many guys are able to take Uriah Hall down but if there is anybody that will be able to take him down it'll be Chris Weidman it's just I'm not sure if I've seen enough explosion explosiveness you know and just tenacity to be able to overcome adversity which there will be adversity for as far as Chris Weidman goes there's going to be adversity for him Uriah Hall is a tough cat he's got some really good underrated striking I I just haven't seen enough from him enough tenacity from Chris Weidman to be able to overcome that pressure and take be able to take Uriah Hall down I just not like I said not many people have taken Uriah Hall down and that'll have to be Chris Weidman's key to the to winning this fight I mean We've seen him. We've seen your eye hall get knocked out. We saw him get knocked out by Chris Weidman early, early on, eleven years ago. We saw Paulo Costa back him up into the cage. So that could be another thing, you know, to watch out for. If Chris Weidman is able to stand there, eat some of your eye hall's best shots, wear him down just like Paulo Costa did, and then walk him down against the cage, we could potentially see Chris do some damage on the feet. But we could also see him able to take him down there. So this is a this is a fight that's that's you know it's it's close on paper and I think it's close in the octagon as well it's just I just think that you know they're both these guys are over you know they're coming over the hill they're about to go downhill they're both 36 like I said they fought each other before they fought they fought for a while Chris Weidman's been around for a long time like I said very underrated resume when it comes to being middleweight champion George just his his resume period is is pretty underrated it's pretty underrated, but I just see Uriah Hall coming in and just showing that he's on a completely other level when it comes to striking, and I just think he's going to piece up Chris Weidman, and I think he's going to win by decision because Chris Weidman is so tough. So Uriah Hall by decision, that is my prediction. So moving on to the first title fight. This is the Women's Flyweight Championship this is for the Women's Flyweight Championship. This is Valentina Shevchenko and Jessica Andrade. So this is a fight, you know, I didn't I didn't think I would we would see this fight. To be honest, I thought we were going to see Wiley fight someone, you know. I thought we were going to see Wiley possibly fight Jessica Andrade or Rose and then move up to fight Valentina, but I bet you that fight's next if both Wiley and Valentina, if both champs stay champion, it's totally going to happen. But so this is one a little early on, I was I was leaning very heavily towards Valentina, and I still am, just not as heavily, just because, you know, we haven't really seen Valentina, you know, get touched too much. She doesn't she doesn't get strikes landed on her often. But if there's anybody that can do it, it's Jessica Andrade. Jessica Andrade can and will put her hands on you, unless you're Wiley Zhang. That's a completely different thing. Which I did hear. I think it was. Andrade or Andrade's camp saying 
in that when when uh, Wiley became champion and knocked out Jessica in like 50 seconds is because Jessica was not uh, following the game plan. She was too jittery. She was too nervous. And it happens, but, you know, she's getting her chance to shine now. Jessica Andrade is coming off of a really impressive... It was a body. It was like a body blow knockout against Kaylin Shakugian. So, you know she has power. She's 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 very powerful. Whether she's taking you down, slamming you on your head like with Rose, or just landing landing shots to the body or landing shots to the face, we saw her hurt and stun Rose um, in the latter rounds of their rematch. So, as far as that goes, you know she has a puncher's chance for sure, plus some, just because how well she telegraphs her fights, and just how she's always coming forward. She's so tough. We saw Rose landing all the best shots on her. She did bloody her up. She did She did land a, a few stunning blows. But yeah, Jessica's going to keep moving forward. And that being said, Valentina is not going to back up. She's going to stand, and she's gonna, she can exchange with her in the pocket. She totally has the ability to do that. You know, it's... It'd be ill-advised, but, I mean, Jessica Andrade has been finished before. I am pretty sure she's been, yeah, she got knocked out by Liz Carmouche. But, I mean, you know, Liz is a killer, so it's not like, oh, she got knocked out by a bum. Definitely not. And, yeah, it's just, it's going to be a really exciting and fun fight. It's going to be back and forth. But ultimately, I think, I just think Valentina is on another level. I know Jessica Andrade has got good jiu-jitsu. She has submission wins in the UFC, I believe. A couple. Let's let's see here, just to make sure I got my facts straight. Yeah, she has a couple submission wins. She has a submission win over Joanne Calderwood, which is, you know, that's impressive. But she also has submission losses. So what I'm trying to get at is, she's really good, among the best. But that's still a level or two under, under Shevchenko. I just think Shevchenko is... She's just too technical. She's too tough. She's too fast. And she's just she's got some of the highest IQ of any fighters, any fighter I've ever seen when it comes to all combat sports, not just MMA. Boxing as well, kickboxing as well, wrestling, jiu-jitsu. She's just so good. And we're going to see the best Valentina Shevchenko we've ever seen. This is her toughest test in a while in my opinion. And I'm sure most of you would agree with me if you're listening or if you've been paying attention to this sport or this either of these girls' careers. This will be the toughest test for Valentina, but she's going to she's just gonna wear on Jessica. They're gonna stand in the pocket and Valentina is going to use her superior kickboxing and her superior wrestling. And I just think she's gonna piece up Andrage for a round or two, and then she's going to either knock down or take down Andrage and then submit her in the third round. That is my official prediction. So in the Jessica Andrade and Valentina Shevchenko fight, Valentina is going to submit Jessica Andrade in the third round. So moving on to the co-main event. This is, I have a hard time choosing between this and the main event, which one I'm most excited for. Because these are two girls that I'm huge, huge fans of. I've been a fan of Wiley since she came into the UFC. I love her humbleness and the fact that she doesn't really speak good English, so trash talk's not really a thing. When she was getting, you know, when there was that tirade that Joanna had, you know, she was thrown at her, she just, all she said was shut up, because that was like the only thing she knew in English, it seemed like. She's, 
she's she's just a really good role model uh for you know for asian fighters for asian women fighters or just women period or just anybody anybody who's who who has really firm strong roots and structure in the fact that being a martial artist is you know it's it's about inner peace it's about you know competition but at the end of the day you know she wants to be friends with you it's there's something beautiful but also scary for someone like that someone that will go and just you know make you look like uh the dude from Jimmy Neutron like she did to Joanna Janjacek and then just talk about wanting to be friends afterwards that's just is there something threatening about that for sure like i'm i don't think i'm the only one who feels that way if someone was if someone came beat the crap out of me hit me with those 12 gauge shotgun kicks and then you know asked me if i wanted to go watch spongebob you know that would i'd be a little concerned but that being said rosanami Yunus is as tough as they come we saw her get slammed on her head and she was you know she was upright a minute or two later she got knocked out by that head slam by jessica andrage like i was talking about earlier but we've seen rose overcome some serious mental battles in and out of the octagon and it's just made her tougher you know one of the things that Joanna tried to um tried to capitalize on was was Rose Rose's mental state and it just didn't work. Rose stayed calm and she was able to knock out Joanna in their first fight, and in the second fight, pretty convincingly she was able to outstrike one of the best strikers in women's MMA history. So Rose is a really solid striker. That all being said, we we've seen her get beaten down before. And we've seen her in the, because she expends so much energy and she throws so many hard, really fast and fluid shots towards the latter rounds, the end of the third, the fourth and the fifth rounds, she starts, she, her defense starts to drop. She leaves herself more open for shots. And we saw that against Jessica Andrade, her most recent fight. She, you know, she was ahead on the fight. So maybe she took her foot off the gas pedal, but I just think she was running low on gas. Gas tank was, it was dwindling and... That's something that you can't you can't let up with someone like Wiley. Wiley has such good cardio. She her pressure is relentless, but she's also willing to stand in the pocket, which is another thing that I think is totally going to happen and I'm so excited for it. You can't tell me, can't sit here and watch these two box in the pocket and try to tell me that you're not excited. It's you know, we're we're lucky, guys. This is this is a fight that we're going to remember for the ages and I'm just really excited for it. I, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm super hyped for this fight. And that all being said, you know, Wiley has shown the... She, she's, she's taken some shots from the best out there. She's taken shots from Joanna, and she she took a couple shots from Jessica Andrade. And, you know, we've never really seen her hurt. We've seen her kind of half-stunned before. But like I said, her pressure and her cardio, her power... And just her technical ability. One of the best technical strikers. And really, you know, wrestlers. She's she's one of the best when it comes to technique and fundamentals. I've been saying that a lot. I sound kind of like a, I don't know, like a bozo talking about that. But it's true. Fundamentals is something that's, you know, it plays a big part in the game. Wild, wild striking, wild wrestling, wild jujitsu, all that stuff, it works sometimes. But, I mean... At the end of the day, all the best guys that are really have wild styles behind that and underneath that, they have really good fundamentals as well. Like two good examples, 
uh, Jorge Masvidal, he comes out and he does wild stuff like throws flying knees. He switch he switch hits and throws a left hook out of nowhere uh, after going, switching southpaw against Darren Till. But he all, but you know all that wild style also is backed up by his really solid boxing, his really good technique and fundamentals. And the same goes for another person, Aljamain Sterling. He has a really unconventional style. He's got a lot of pressure, but he's got such good fundamentals and technique when it comes to jiu-jitsu. And his striking is a little more unconventional, but his jiu-jitsu is really solid. It's the best, you know, some of the best out there. But that all being said, I just think Wiley's pressure, her power, her fluidity, and her ability to just keep pouring it on, keep pouring it on, and just you know, throw 80 strikes in the first round, 90 strikes in the second round, 100 in the third round. She can just keep coming. I mean, maybe not that many, but she'll just keep coming. And I just, I don't think, you know, I think Rose is really tough, but I just think she's going to get pieced up. And towards the latter rounds, I just, I'm not, I, I don't think at all. I'm confident in saying Rose is not going to be able to stand with her. She's not going to be able to survive that onslaught. And the only thing is that Wiley just needs to be careful because she can't come in too insane. I don't think she will. I've never seen her come in too, you know, too stupid and too to where she let her guard down and left herself open for shots, but you never know. You know, like I said, Rose is one of the best strikers in MMA history. She beat another one of the best strikers in MMA history, Yoanna Yanjacek, convincingly twice. So she can she has the capability to beat Wiley, but I don't think she's going to. Wiley's just going to unleash that tirade. The onslaught's never going to end. But I think because of Rose's toughness, this fight is going to go to decision. And I think it's going to be a very dominant, very one-sided scorecard favoring Wiley Zhang. So moving on to the fight that, you know, I'm just going to straight up say I am the most excited for, you know, the most excited I've I've been in a long time. I was really excited of course, for the Connor dustin rematch. I'm really excited for the third fight. I was really excited for Israel Adesanya and Jan, but I was more nervous just because I'm such a huge, huge uh, Israel Adesanya fan. This fight I'm really excited for, and a lot of people are out there pretending. I'm talking about on, on you know, I hate to say MMA Twitter because I sound like a loser, but yeah, you know, I've said it many times before. Social media, the internet, it's not real life. The fans talking all this trash about how they don't like this fighter and this fighter's a bum and all oh, their fan base is dead. They they do it with Connor, they do it with Jorge, they do it with Izzy. Everyone claims to be a hater, but when you watch the fights, when you watch the press conference, like the most recent one was really fun. You just you hear the amount of love that Jorge Masvidal has. These are real people that actually have jobs that pay to see the fights. They're dedicated fans, they're there and they're cheering for him. You go on Twitter, all these people are, you know, attacking his character instead of his fighting ability, which is attacking someone, you know, critiquing someone's fighting ability is a lot more important than critiquing someone's, you know, their personal life. I mean, it's there, it's there, it's, you know, it's, I don't know the right word for it. It's, it's kind of low hanging fruit if, if I'm being honest, but yeah, the press conference was fun. There was some good banter between both guys, a little bit of respect from both guys too, which is something you always want to see. You know, Camaro said, 
Jorge is a tough guy. He's a good fighter. He's not sleeping on him. He's he's preparing as best as he can. And then Jorge said, of course, if I if and when I beat Kamaru, I'll I'll give him, you know, even all the things they've that have been said between the two. He said he gave me a second chance. I'll definitely give him another chance, which is good to see. And that's something I am not opposed to at all, especially because I am here to tell you that you guys are sleeping on Jorge Masvidal. I'm not here to say he's going to come out and flying knee Usman in the first round. I'm not here to tell you he's going to out-wrestle him, do any crazy shit for five rounds. But I'm just saying, people, y'all must have forgot, like Roy Jones Jr. used to say. Jorge Masvidal is a veteran. He's been fighting for so long. He was fighting long before you know, it was on camera, long before he was a pro. He's fighting in the streets, and... Yeah, he's had a rough, you know, like Usman pointed out, he's 3-3 three and three in his last six. But if you look at who he lost to, he lost to some of the best guys. And then if you look at who he beat, he's beating some of the best guys. He knocked out Darren Till, knocked out Ben Askren, completely dominated Nate Diaz. I think Nate, the Nate Diaz uh, victory is probably the least impressive. Yeah, it's probably the least impressive, seeing as how Ben Askren was a multiple organization champion, great wrestler, supposedly Jorge Masvidal's kryptonite is wrestling, and he came out, you know, he. everyone knows, I don't, I'm t- I don't have to tell you guys again, and like I said, I'm not coming out here to say that he's going to wipe the floor with Usman, but guys, we got the fans back, if, if there's anything, you know, that rivals Jorge Masvidal's own energy, it's the fans' energy, and the love that people from Florida the the heavily Cuban love, or the you know the, the high amount of Cubans that live in Florida, they're all they're all rooting for Jorge, and I and you know I try to be as unbiased as I can when I talk about these fights because like I say I respect everybody I'm a fan of everybody there are some guys that I'm bigger fans of, and I can't hide my bias here guys I'm I'm rooting for Jorge Masvidal, and I just have this gut feeling, and. I'm usually right when it comes to this gut. I'm always right when it comes to my gut feeling when it comes to UFC fights. I was really nervous going into the Connor and Dustin fight and was extra nervous when I saw him right away come out flat-footed. I just knew it was not going to end well. He looked good. Connor looked good in the first round, but you know, I just had this feeling. Same thing with Izzy. When Izzy came out against Joel Romero, he he looked really scared. He looked nervous. He fought scared, but he fought, fought smart and he won. And I give him all the credit in the world. Same thing when he fought Jan. I just had this gut feeling. And I have this gut feeling, but playing in favor of Jorge Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal is so good at setting up shots. He's he's underrated. Even more underrated the past couple months. or the, Yeah, the past year. Ever since their last fight. Jorge... The way he set up his shot after getting hurt and facing adversity against Darren Till, one of the best counter-strikers and just most promising young guys coming up right now, he was able to set up that switch hit, southpaw, left hook over the top that was so beautiful, so perfectly telegraphed. It's something. It's not something lucky. The same thing with the Ben Askren knee, flying knee. That wasn't lucky. He had been practice, practicing that. He... Veered off to the left, so so uh, Ben could track him down, and he he just he timed that knee. Flying knees are not easy to land. 
Otherwise, people would be doing it more often. It's not easy to land. Anybody who's ever tried a knee or a flying knee would know. I'm crappy at them, and I've practiced them before. I have a, a standing heavy bag, or not a heavy bag. I have like a wave master kind of thing, and then I've also had a heavy bag. It's not easy. It's, it's, it's kind of difficult to land a knee or a flying knee against a, a still target. It's even harder to do it against someone who's trained for you and trained to fight, and they've been doing it like Ben Askren had been doing. So I'm just trying to say, Jorge Masvidal is, you know, he's become underrated lately. And yeah, his record shows he has 14 losses, but really close split decisions. He's never been knocked out. He's only been, you know, he's been finished, I think, once by submission. The rest of his losses are all really close decisions, except for, you know, the Kamaru Usman fight. But I'm not trying to make excuses because Kamaru Usman also had to fight Jorge on six days notice. That, that you know, the pressure was all on was all on uh, Usman, honestly. I mean, Jorge was already coming in being a badass and not saying he had excuses, but, you know, there was always something he could lean back on, rightfully so, by saying, you know, six weeks notice, I had to cut all this weight, had to deal with the jet lag. I mean, Usman did too, but I think he had more time than Jorge did. So, yeah, Usman, he gets all the credit in the world because he was able to come... And, you know, I'm not sure. He says that he came in with a broken nose. Jorge claims he did it. But either way, there were flashes of greatness and flashes of, I don't want to say Usman was exposed, but, you know, Jorge came out as fast as he possibly could, having not been prepared for this fight, having only six, on only six days notice. He came out, uh, I think a, a judge or two gave him the first round, which I, when I was watching it live, I was like, what, are you crazy? He landed a couple of couple leg kicks but he was able to get up off the ground after he was taken down and he was able to land some shots and those shots you know the edge came off of him real quick Jorge you could tell was out of shape because he only had six days to train so his cardio was down and also he's 36 years old now I believe so he's getting up there in age but those shots had some serious power and he didn't really hurt Usman he hurt Usman but he didn't really stun him or anything like that he didn't wobble him but that all being said, Jorge is going to carry that power through the second, third, and fourth rounds. And I know something that that Usman likes to say all the time is he breaks people's will. And we've seen him break people's will. He broke Tyron Woodley's will. One of the toughest mofos and one of the best welterweight champions of all time. He broke his will. He breaks everybody's will. But I don't think Jorge Masvidal is someone that you can't break his will. The guy just has this killer instinct in him, and he's just, like I said earlier, he's he's not a guy like Diego Sanchez who's going to go through wars, but he has the ability to, he has the toughness to, the tenacity to do that, to overcome adversity like he did against Darren Till, and I just think people sleep on him too much. I think Jorge is going to keep that power, he sets up combinations so well, he hits rhythms, and his boxing is really good. And Kamaru Usman's striking is not horrible, but it's not great either. I mean, he did knock out Colby Covington. He did knock out Gilbert Burns with a jab. He knocked him down with a jab. But Gilbert Burns, Gilbert Burns is a good fighter by all means. I, I, he's one of the best. He's, he's definitely top three. Besides champion, he's top three in the welterweight division right now. But being able to out jab someone when you have like a 
I don't know what the what reach advantage he had over him. Kamar Usman had a really sizable reach advantage over Gilbert. So, and also Gilbert was just he blew his load really early. He did hurt Kamaru, but he blew his load and he left himself open self open for shots. So I think people are overrating Kamaru Usman's striking a little too much. He's a wrestler. His best thing is to the best tool and weapon that he he's always gone to, except for with Gilbert and with Colby. Was wrestling, and like I said, yeah, he knocked both those guys out, but they were their chins were wide open. Anybody could have landed shots on them. I'm not saying that anybody could knock those guys out. They're all they're tough as heck, but you know, Usman's striking is not that great. And I, you know, Usman has kind of retracted his statement and he's changed it by saying, you know, earlier on he said, oh, I could have finished him. I want to finish him. Now he's saying, I don't want to finish him, but I want to put an exclamation point on the victory. I don't want to just coast to a victory. And if and if he really wants to, you know, make it personal and stand and bang with Jorge, it's it's not a good idea. You know, we've seen Jorge get knocked down a couple times, but and and Usman has the power and the fundamentals for sure to do it. But I just think it's ill advised for for Usman to stand and bang with Jorge. But I think that is a that is a potential. That's something, you know, that could potentially happen. And you know. Either way, this fight's going to be entertaining to me. The first fight was entertaining to me. It was a bit, you know, it was a bit slow. But slow doesn't mean bad. And I can always appreciate good grappling. It's just, yeah, Jorge Masvidal, in their first fight, he stuffed, like, I think he stuffed 11. Yeah, he stuffed 11 of 16 takedowns by Usman. That is, that, nobody does that. Nobody stuffs that many takedowns for that long of a fight against Usman. It's just, it's not something you do. And then doing it off six days notice, that's so impressive. So, you know, we're only going to see a better version of Jorge than we did the first time. Like I said, the first time, in my opinion, he did win the first round. And if we see that Jorge and he multiplies that over two and maybe even three rounds, you know, we could we could see Jorge becoming champion. And I firmly and confidently believe that's going to happen. It's just this feeling that I have. But on the flip side, Kamar Usman has faced adversity. He was, in my opinion, losing the Colby Covington fight going into that fifth round. I do believe that it was, up until that moment, I mean, I do believe it was 2-2. Two to two. The rounds were 2-2 two and two for both guys. But up until he knocked down and then knocked Colby out, Colby was winning that final round too. And it's just also against Gilbert Burns. He got... He got I don't want I don't know if it was a knockdown. It wasn't technically registered statistically as a knockdown, but he hurt he got hurt by Gilbert for sure. I know he said he didn't get hurt that bad, but he got hit hard. And, you know, we saw him kind of fall a little to the ground. It might have just got him, you know, in the ear on the temple and knocked him off balance, but he's able to overcome adversity. I just have like I said, I have this crazy gut feeling, and that gut feeling is always accurate as far as predictions go. So I think Jorge Masvidal is going to knock Kamaru Usman out in the third round. I was going to say second, but I think he's going to piece him. It's going to be back and forth for a while. We might see a little bit of clinch work. But also, don't forget, Jorge Masvidal coming out of the clinch is deadly too. He throws a lot of elbows. We saw him knock down, and I think that was coming out of the clinch. He was throwing and landing some crazy elbows and hooks, and then that soccer kick against Nate Diaz, and Nate Diaz is as tough as they come, he gets hit a lot, he bleeds a lot, but, you know, 
The dude hasn't been knocked down in a long time. And he's really tough. He's really athletic. And so don't underestimate Jorge anywhere except for on the ground. On the ground, of course, Camaro has the, you know, he has the advantage. But Jorge is very, very active at coming out of the clinch and in the clinch. So I do think Jorge is going to come out. I think he's going to knock Kamaru Usman out in the third round. That is my bold prediction, and I'm 100% confident in it. That's going to wrap up this episode of Independently Minded. I hope you guys are able to either get with your friends safely or stay home safely. If you have work, I hope you're able to catch this fight or this entire card. I'm super excited for it. Plus, the fans are back. I almost forgot. I almost forgot. I can't believe that. Jorge Masvidal is going to inevitably, he's going to start getting tired. He might slow down a little bit, but he will get that second wind from that Floridian love. 100%, 110%, he's going to catch a second wind from all that love. He's, and he's going to be feeling it. He'll really be feeling it. And he is going to beat Kamar Usman, become champion. I've said it here first. Jorge Masvidal, welterweight champion by the end of the night. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, I hope you guys are enjoying these podcasts. I hope you're enjoying the independent news segments and episodes and series. If you if you do pay attention to that, I'm having a lot of fun with it. You know, I'm starting to get the groove of it. I'm starting to, you know, feel a little more natural at it. And I'm, you know, starting starting to be more of myself. And I hope you guys continue to give me feedback and criticism. I love all of it, whether it's good, bad, neutral. I appreciate it. Thank you for all the support. Please continue to support the podcast, whether it's through listens, sharing, discussions, critiquing, feedback, or if you're, you know, if you're generous enough to donate crypto or something like that. I greatly appreciate it. As always, stay safe. Stay away from those crazies out there. Thank you.